episode 25 with Merigu Solomon Sanir Suman versus Are you a YouTuber or a game developer looking for high quality sound effects library Zapsplat.com is for you Download your sound now Dear friends this Monday I am back with a brand new episode of Suman versus Human and I'm super excited because today I'm going to present a real superhero the real superhero who can be touched and felt because you know very well that I really don't believe in Marvel superheroes so this moment is a proud moment for me because I have a person from Indian army without any delay i am so glad to welcome colonel merigu solomon sanif sir welcome to suman versus human thank you very much mr suman for your warm invite looking forward to a very fruitful talk whenever we come across any personnel from army we feel so proud and we couldn't control ourselves to salute them getting into army what i heard and what we realize is a difficult and crucial critical task it's not easy that is what we understand from a perspective of standing outside of me now before we get deep into it or before we prolong this conversation at the first step i want to understand and know what made you to take up this profession career or opportunity of joining indian army i want to know more details in depth about yourself sir, your personal life i have been born and brought up in hyderabad and i went to a convent school where i joined the ncc and uh, did my ncc training because i was fascinated by the discipline which is there in the armed forces the uniform the way of life because our home is next to the cant so i used to see soldiers exercising in the morning at a neat and clean place in good order always kept in a very tidy manner that uh, definitely motivated me to look toward look up to the army in the second baad cant as a uh, very cherished place where i could reach as a young boy so by the time i finished my graduation i was motivated enough to take the upsc exam which is called the combined defense services examination and i qualified in the exam so uh, along with my final year graduation i already was selected so i joined the academy i didn't have much breathing time and uh, went through the training and then got commission so uh, saying that this has been a, a career path or a service path of choice would 
be more a career path of destiny mm. because possibly i wished for it so much that uh, god has enabled me assisted me in passing and also having a very fruitful and illustrious career in the air forces it was the discipline what has captivated you to join army yes abinisho as a student and a ncc cadet i love the discipline part of it and after definitely after i've joined there were so many more things like regimentation camaraderie the love for your troops and leadership you know uh, fighting for a just cause and for your motherland there are so many which can motivate you to continue serving and uh, be motivated for the rest of your career working with army is staying away from your family and friends social life so how do you justify that sir because for that you need lot of courage to take that decision to take a forward step right true so you see uh, everything comes with uh, sacrifices if you see all india services whether they it's in the armed forces or even the civil services for for that matter indian foreign services or for that matter you know uh, maybe at a lesser level the train drivers the ticket train examiners and the people who drive vehicles or on transport or the ships who are in the merchant navy all professions come with a challenge of gaining some and losing some hmm. so uh, army is more difficult because uh, the the working conditions are away from from civilization hmm. therefore separation is a part and parcel of the army forces uh i would i would uh, also bring up, out here that i being from a fighting arm uh fighting arms are very few they are only the armored corps infantry and the mechanized infantry hmm. and the rest of the army is actually services who look after the needs of operations they have a more stable job more uh, you know uh, administrative administratively they are more, more comfortable they don't come into the field as often as we go so it's a it's a shade better as it is difficult definitely your point is pertinent i missed out on lots of occasions at home marriages my friends marriages got cut off because in 1988 we didn't have a phone as well yes. in the forward areas so once you're out you're gone you the only way people will come to know that you're alive is that they don't get any bad news telegram anything or yes, yes. Uh, an occasional letter from me yes otherwise it's assumed that there no news is good news mm. right so uh, it was difficult then but uh, post uh, maybe 2010 we started co- having communications everywhere so it became a little better however a life of sacrifice like i brought out earlier it is an imperative that 
if you want to serve your country in whatever capacity, whether as a aircraft pilot or in the merchant navy or or in the Indian Army or in the civil services, there would be a certain amount of sacrifices. And they come as part and parcel of, of your service to your country. Colonel, you said you were a part of fighting force. I have this question for which, you know, I am so curious to listen to an answer that is, I take fear and uh, sadness both in a different way. So for a fighting soldier, when you're sleeping in the night, when you're about to sleep, first question comes on your mind is, will I wake up peacefully in the morning? When you're going to the bed, are you going to the bed with the fear or the sadness? And like all other uh, experiences in life, you toughen up as you uh, start gaining experience. So uh, we have a system in the army where uh, we have sentries and we take rounds to keep vigil. Mm. So the bonding and the trust between buddy pairs and the platoon and a troop or, or a company is such that you know that your men will guard your back when you are sleeping mm. and you are there to guard their back when they are resting. So the anxiety of fear that uh, possibly you may get killed is reduced. Mm -hmm. However, I would like to bring out here that especially on our forward force, the possibility of getting bombarded by the enemy's artillery or uh, mortars uh, is always there. And uh, that is something we have to live with. Mm. So, uh, I would uh, possibly say that over a period of time, you take it in your stride that if it has been written that you will die, you will die. Otherwise, mm. if God's there with you and uh, even a thousand bullets are not going to harm. Mm. Mm. So, it, there is no undue worry. You can have a good night's sleep or sleep in your turn peacefully because your friends or your soldiers, your team is guarding mm. and safeguarding the post. When I look at the youth, youth of this country or for that matter, any country, they have got a lot of dreams about their career, their aspirations. Like everyone wants to become engineer, everyone wants to become doctor, and everyone wants to become IPS, IAS. They want to join civil or they want to become an entrepreneur, musician, singer. But only 1% people wants to take up defense like you. Was the fear of death which is stopping them to come forward or it is lack of awareness they are stepping back. Times have changed and uh, there are more avenues for gainful employment. And uh, especially with our country, yes, definitely there are, we still have issues with our neighbors. But in most of the countries, these issues have been settled. Mm. Of late, we have the Russia-Ukraine war, war happening. Yes. Israel, Gaza, Hamas uh, uh, tangle, which is there. 
Yes. These are uh, localized uh, battles which are ongoing. As far as uh, motivated youth are concerned in the country, the army, the armed forces is a very, uh, I would say, elitist in the matter mm. that you have to volunteer to serve in your army, right? Mm, yes. If you are motivated enough only, you have to write the exam. And for roughly around 400 seats per six months, uh, around 10 to 12 lakh children appear. Mm. And uh, we get a good crop of motivated young men and women to join us. So there is no, no crunch as far as joining is concerned. Because we are we are an overpopulous country and we get adequate, uh, yes. you know, good caliber leadership. And also, you would have recently heard about the Agnivir scheme, mm. uh, which is something like a very short service for the, at a Jawan's rank of four years. That has also got a lot of uh, takers. It is not that uh, it is undersubscribed. So... The issue of youth not joining uh, is a very per personal matter. Mm. There are adequate uh, young men and women who love their country and are willing to go through these hardships and protect their motherland. There is no problem. But sir, what do you say? Do we have a sufficient force of army in terms of number? Yeah, you see, uh, for our requirement presently we have sufficiency now also any organic organization does not only depend on its manpower hmm. upgrading of its weapons its equipment restructuring of its manpower into more hybrid units or uh, more capable units which have made be a family of weapons you know these things are constant mm. so as per the present plans we have adequate strength of the indian army air force and navy to protect our country and its borders what if if the battle attacks from a various point of boundaries like let's say one battalion is attacking your east one battalion is attacking your west one at north so, do we still have a sufficient armed force to handle it simultaneously? Yes. Yeah, we have. Sir, and uh, when it comes to Russia, what I know, correct me if I'm wrong, they got biggest armed force, right? So, that big is in the favor of number or the infrastructure? You know, Russia has been a traditional superpower as far as the military is concerned both in terms of weapons, equipment and manpower because uh, World War One, World War Two, and their present security concerns have uh, ensured that they have a huge arm. Mm. Uh, so Russia is very well equipped and has got a huge repository of weapons and a time-tested army which fought two world wars and lots of local skirmishes. So, uh, 
it is a mighty army in its own right you have participated in wars i want to understand one strategy when you are in the war though the situation demands emergency decisions you have to rely on commands commands of the uh, superior or you know the person above you in terms of hierarchy but don't you people get frustrated when you wanted to do something else and the command is something else no we have uh, leaders at all levels from a platoon then a company then a battalion a brigade and higher above to a division at the core levels at all levels decision making happens it's not that there is only one order and there are discussions which happen and planning is done even before we join an operation or we start an operation and within the plan we have a lot of planning called contingency planning what if this happens what if that happens we do this when we and besides all that sometimes or most of the times our plan does not survive the contact the enemy is also having his own plans mm. so in that point in time to fight like a cohesive force commanders at various levels exercise their right to take decisions and their command will follow that decision and that is how that is why we are trained to be disciplined soldiers mm. so it is not an issue because from the time we have joined we have been uh, you know molded and trained to stick together as with each other and fight as a team sir i would love to listen to your real time experience what is the most memorable experience of yours during the war the skirmishes which have happened which i was actively involved in and uh, counter terrorist operation etc my most memorable experience was uh, when uh, the leadership of national democratic front of borderland came up to me and said sir we want to surrender so i said uh, okay how many people are you guys so they said we are 2630 people oh I said what? And they said yes. We all want to surrender. So when I was posted in the northeast in Assam, in a place called Kokrajhar district, which is a hotbed of militancy of Borderland at that point in time, in a full football field over three days, we had two thousand six hundred and thirty militants surrendering. they laid down their arms which was almost half of the football field bhar gaya pura and uh, deputy prime minister of india at that point in time shri lal krishna advani ji flew flew to kokrajhar to oversee the surrender along with the late then chief minister of assam uh, mr tarun gogoi and uh, our own uh, 
you know army officials who also assisted so uh, why it is memorable is when i i was a major i was a staff officer looking after operations under a commander when i told uh, the commander and the higher ups that this is what they have said nobody believed me mm. i couldn't believe myself i mm. said yeah i hope they are not making uh, you know uh, false promises but it it actually happened it is one of the biggest surrenders which have which has ever happened in our country mm, mm, yes great sir and uh, i am so excited and i can't stop myself to salute you sir team suman versus human salutes you thank you like me there might be many of my listeners that who don't know much about uh, uh, army hierarchy or designations so i just want to know what actually uh, the designations are army uh, designations wise we are divided into two parts that is as a jawan so you join as a jawan then you become a lance naik then you become a naik and a havildar then you become a naib subedar subedar and a subedar that is the ranks which the jawan progresses on mm-hmm. and if there is meritorious service towards the end of his career and the army gives him a uh, honorary rank rank of a lieutenant or a captain as far as the officers are concerned the first rank after you finish your training is that of a lieutenant then you become a captain after 2 years then you become a major after 5 then you become a lieutenant colonel after 13 years then you have a selection grade to lieutenant colonel it is time bound promotion mm. after that then you get into selection grade uh, ranks which are a colonel after that then a brigadier then a major general then a lieutenant general and the senior most lieutenant general as per the government's knowledge will become the chief after commanding the army this is a huge hierarchy and that requires lot of hard work and also administrative and also fighting skills but now my question is sir all these big big names designations and hierarchies and all these big warriors are governed and administered and commanded by the political person in the name of ministry i know i should not ask this question but out of my curiosity is this the right way how these things has to be governed all uh, systems are evolutionary in nature the point i want to make is we have inherited this system from the britishers mm. and uh, uh, from the time we have inherited it a lot of restructuring reorientation division of work uh, you know uh, separating verticals from each other and a lot of 
developments have happened and uh, all systems when you look at them always have a scope for improvement mm. and the civil army interface also has scope for improvement and uh, uh, that scope for improvement depends on a lot of factors who is the politician or who is the government in power what is their capacity and capability the present verticals of civil services and the armed forces how can they integrate with each other and what are the dynamics of the lower staff we've got another cadre called the defense civilians who are peculiar to getting posted only in our headquarters in delhi mm. how do we manage them we've got a huge amount of estates around the country called the defense estates how do we manage them so all these abinisho uh as the britishers had designed were under different heads of the army only but over a period of time the civilians have taken over new cadres new structuring has happened and this is a evolve evolving process mm. so yes there is definitely scope for improvement and i'm sure as time goes by you know more refined ways of uh, interacting between the uh, politicians the civil services and the armed forces will come about recently government has put a proposal of taking transgenders into indian army and there is a lot of huge debate happening over it how do you welcome this move sir what is your point of view you know there are uh, army uh, like i have already told is got uh, when you look at army inside the army there are the fighting arms and then there are the services right mm-hmm. fighting arms presently don't have any women Mm-hmm. so we have insulated that part away from the women because our working conditions are harsh number one mm-hmm. and not taking anything away from the women we have adequacy of manpower mm-hmm. in our country mm-hmm. so we can afford to keep it insulated and our working conditions unlike the other armies is actually very tough which i cannot actually bring it out here mm. that it is difficult for a woman to survive with us if they are not in equal number mm. right yes. because the way we live on the tank marching away no tent you know yes. going to freshen up in the open or yes, in no our toilets uh, or in our open uh, Uh, you know open deep trench latrines and stuff like that yes taking a bath or wherever we can you know with just a underwear yes these sort of things you can't do you know so these are service conditions which are difficult yes right yes i'm yes. not taking away anything from uh, you know the ladies they are equally capable but the conditions of work 
working are difficult and since we have adequacy of manpower in our country we can we can afford to insulate the fighting arms mm-hmm. and see that the manpower is you know or men are there so that uh, we don't have other issues yes however in the services it's a very welcome step that we are providing equal opportunity to the women mm-hmm. and and presently it is also being studied whether transgenders also can be uh, you know inducted into the armed forces that would also happen in these areas which i i feel uh, with dignity of life and equal opportunity uh, i'm sure we will find areas where they can uh, serve the country and what we see in the cinema and also what we are told by the commercial media that uh, normally defense personnel or uh, army personnel are provided with very good food and also liquor is that true or this is all exaggerated we have uh, something called rations now those rations are calculated as per the calories the intake the protein and all and they are issued to the men so that they are they remain healthy right hmm. so that is the food part of it and that amount is deducted from our overall salary mm-hmm. it is not provided free it's not free the name free ration has been used in a manner which is is mischievous by the civil servants mm. uh they have there is nothing free they have for the service a soldier does whatever is being given to the soldier right is not not commensurate not commensurate because it is intangible that mm. man is going to give his life for his country yes and what is being given in terms of ration or a modest pay is an intangible mm-hmm. but having said that there has to be a yardstick so that is what is being given mm-hmm. hai na yes. but uh, saying that is free is incorrect mm-hmm. the second part about the liquor is liquor is not free it is available in the army canteens for the soldiers to buy only in field we have something called the duty free rum mm-hmm. which is issued to us and it is not issued in bottle it is only issued once or twice a week in the term of pegs oh. because it is very cold mm-hmm. so that is a very small incentive the government gives to the soldiers mm-hmm. rest of it uh, uh canteen we get it at a true value price because in the civi street the same thing may be a little more expensive and since the soldiers are paid very modestly uh that is a welfare measure which the government has extended to the soldiers we also know that liquor has been separately manufactured for defense is that true no the liquor manufactured is the same however it is packed and labeled separately for us 
right because we take it right from the factory itself so you could definitely uh, be assured of its purity when did you retire last year after retirement you are doing lot of charity social work and also your mentoring lot of youth also the senior level uh, management and also you are guiding startups so we want to know your after retirement life so i retired last year and uh, i have set up two companies i'm also the state convener for education in telangana and i uh, at the school level my company set up stem lab that is science technology engineering and maths robotic innovation labs in schools uh, as per the tenets of the atal innovation mission a flagship initiative by the government of india wow. and the postulates of the national education program 2020 we adhere to the national curriculum framework and my curriculum and kits have been approved by the national skill development council for academic excellence and we also adhere to the united nations sustainable development goals for education which have been adopted by our national education policy as well so schools can connect with me uh, for establishing robotics and innovation labs in their schools because artificial intelligence and machine learning are changing the way future citizens are going to be employed so learning construction coding and programming leading on to mechatronics is a life skill which yes. all our children need so that they can become innovators and entrepreneurs like atal ji's vision for our country yes to become a superpower so this is very essential it's a very pertinent point you brought out and uh, through your platform i would urge all principals to contact me and uh, we would be uh, extending ourselves and doing a very cost effective and a very constructive uh, initiative with academic excellence with the schools as far as colleges are concerned as the state convener i do student development programs and faculty development programs so any colleges or students or listening to this they can connect with me and i will be able to polish them off because uh, it is an imperative that if you don't do placement assistance the chances of getting a, a career oriented job Uh, becomes lesser i am also uh, associate of the all india management association whose patrons are the prime minister of india the defense minister and the home minister and the vice president of india and they run very very productive uh, graduate level and pro- post graduate online programs for rural and uh, children from the towns who cannot afford to come to big cities to study so i will be able to bridge them and 
help them crack the interview of all india management association and seek admission to government recognized and industry recognized graduate and post graduate is online and how about mentoring the corporates do you have any such programs yeah so i have done my uh, career coaching and integrated life coaching uh, from the us and uh, uh, i do corporate team assessment for the corporates wherein optimization of the role a particular person can play as per their qualities and abilities is what i check doing some psychometric tests i also do career coaching for children or fresh graduates or finally a degree students right from class 10 onwards so that they can plan out their lives properly which i'm sure will hugely help these young people yes and uh, i do integrated life coaching for people in their uh, mid life who want to change careers who have uh, you know, personal or financial uh, needs and they need guidance or for retired people look forward to a productive retired life because after you retire you suddenly find that there's nothing to do so what what do i do so all categories of people since i've been trained in the course i extend myself and help them out so anybody can contact my message to the schools colleges and corporates and also to the individuals the kind of education system we have gone through in india is conventional having just that conventional education is not adequate to fight with the competition what we are going through now and we are about to go through in the future we need to excel we need to excel ourselves no matter how young you are or no matter what age group you belong to or no matter how old you are we need to excel all the time and whatever colonel have just told you have to be considered very seriously and that will definitely have impact in a larger scale so the direct contact details to colonel is in the description and also on the screen so i request you to kindly get in touch with colonel and make yourself and your team your students whoever you are associated make their life better and meaningful and also rich colonel i want you to make a blanket statement because what i understood is a person from defense not only saves from the enemy they also rescuers in our hardships in the event of disasters that proved again and again and also recently it has been proved in this tunnel rescue which have gone through in just couple of days so i want you to make a blanket statement give out a blanket message to all the citizens of this country to everybody across the board i would uh, like to say that uh, getting a job is very easy so after graduation you could possibly become a receptionist in a hotel 
but uh, in two three years you're going to forget what you've studied and you will remain a receptionist or maybe a head receptionist for the head or rest of your life so there is no career building happening there so i will urge everybody that build a career just don't do a job mm. and building the career starts from choosing a right job that's where coaching and mentoring and showing you the right path will come wherein you after every 2 3 years you acquire a, a academic qualification or a certification and you live your life to the fullest and serve to the best and you make a career and possibly lots of ceos the cbos ceos caos chief operation officer and a lot of big uh, uh, appointments in the uh, world are tenanted by children who plan out their careers and who don't just join any job which comes their way so i would request everybody plan your life out well work towards it i'm sure and you will get lots of success in your lives and all the best sir one last question i have this question for all my guests coming on suman versus human and you will definitely have no option to say no you have to answer this if you have all the superpowers in your hand to change something in this country what that would be i would say make education free for all because there are lots of children who are uh facing challenges because of poverty and uh, discrimination possibly our caste system economic deprivation maybe often overpopulation so there are lesser school government schools international schooling is expensive if one thing can be changed that we educate all our young people today tomorrow they are going to grow up and they'll become engines of our country's growth so if this one thing i would love changing for a country that would be providing education free for all awesome i wish that comes true soon thank you so much for giving me this beautiful opportunity thank you so much for making my movements proud thanks a lot for giving me this great chance to host you on suman versus human thank you thank you very much mr suman best wishes